You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. To my successor, whoever he or she may be. Number one, stay close to the Americans. Stick up for the Ukrainians. Stick up for freedom and democracy everywhere. Politics in general has taken total leave of its senses. Changing one man at the top of the Tory party won't make any difference. It won't fix the problems. Let's have a fresh start for Britain. Let's have a real change of government. You're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Ewan Potts. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Coming up on today's programme, we'll speak to the head of political markets at Smarkets, Matthew Shaddock, about the betting odds in the Conservative leadership race. But first, the MP we interviewed yesterday lost his job after we spoke to him. He attended a picket against Keir Starmer's instructions and was sacked for talking about it to the media, not uh, just us, I might add. Caroline, have you ever had a big disagreement with the boss? Well, I'll say we're in a newsroom, so we always have really pretty robust, uh, you know, discussions about every kind of topic under the sun. And we do have a new editor, I'd like to add. (laughs) And so I think we're doing a very interesting little dance to figure out where, uh, you know, where we are positioned in terms of how we think about news stories. But have I ever had that sort of argument? No, I think kind of politics is quite special in that sense. Yeah, it's trickier in politics, isn't it? And I think particularly if you're, I know Keir Starmer isn't a particularly new leader, but if you're a new leader, you can't be, you don't be seen to be letting somebody get a, get away with a big disagreement. And it's, I think it's particularly sensitive for Labour, isn't it, with, with with the unions. And Keir Starmer is keen to paint himself as, as centrist and moderate, and he, he wants to be a very different leader to the last one. And so I think this is a, a particularly sensitive issue, isn't it? Yeah. And also, it's sort of public versus private disagreements, isn't it? And those have very different sort of ramifications uh, in terms of the impact on your job. Yeah, absolutely. So that MP that we spoke to yesterday was uh, Sam Tarry, Labour's uh, Shadow Minister for Transport, who is now uh, back on the back benches mm-hmm. after that disagreement. Uh, Labour said he'd been fired for making unauthorised media appearances, but he also happened to be on the picket line, something that Labour leader Keir Starmer explicitly told him uh, not to do. Now, we asked him yesterday before he was fired if he was warned, if he'd warned Sir Keir about what he was doing. I haven't spoken to Keir Starmer today. Um, I'm a shadow minister for transport. And, uh, you know, my positions on these issues have been clear for a very long time. 
Okay, so that was Sam Tarry, the former Shadow Transport Minister, speaking to us. Okay, let's bring in Bloomberg's UK political editor, Kitty Donaldson, and our EMEA government and economy correspondent, Lizzie Burden, really to tell us, a, a talk about this kind of internal party conflict. Kitty, to you, first of all, what do you think it says about the Labour Party, um, you know, that that this fight took place and then that, that the MP was kind of sacked as, uh, as a Shadow Minister? Hi, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It sort of it seems to be a cyclical Labour story. I mean, we had this in the 90s with Blair and taking on the unions, and it's almost like it's a kind of um, rite of passage for a Labour leader that they have to have to do this, have this fight at some point, have this fight in public. It's not quite a sort of clause four moment for, for Starmer like Blair had, but it's, it's interesting in what it signals to the public, you know, so they... So um, Tarry went out yesterday morning. He was on the picket lines, I think, before 8am. But it took it took Starmer quite a long time. He didn't sack him until the afternoon, quite late afternoon. Um, so they were clearly sort of weighing up what what to do about it, whether just to try and ignore it and, you know, hope it, hope it sort of fizzled out as a story. I think in mm. the end they decided that he had to go. Um, and, it's, and it was a way of Starmer saying to the general public and, of course, voting voters. Voting voters are the one who will deliver a Labour victory. It's a way of saying to them... We're on your side. We're not just on the side of the striking workers. Uh, I love it. So from 8am to kind of afternoon time, that's considered a long time in the world of <laughs> politics these days. OK, Kitty, very, very uh, interesting. Yeah, I, think I know, we, I'm we... quite impatient. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty, I, I wonder if... Um, I think this is a little bit tricky for Labour, isn't it? I, I wonder if people have got more sympathy with striking workers at the moment. When inflation's at 9.5% uh, and we're all facing rising costs, do, do, do you think that there will be more people on the other side of the argument than perhaps uh, we might expect in, in ordinary times. Yeah, that's absolutely a good point. And actually, it's a point that John McDonnell was making um, on the TV this morning. So John McDonnell, as you remember, was the shadow chancellor under Jeremy Corbyn, very much to the left of the party. And he was saying Starmer's on the, the wrong side of the argument on this. Actually, polling shows that the, that the public is in is behind, are behind the workers, um, behind the rail strikers. Um, because they just want uh, a pay rise that, that comes from somewhere close to inflation. But, of course, the other side of that argument is, you know, if you're a commuter, it's driving up your costs mm. as well if if, if um, rail fares go up. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are under pressure, obviously, because um, of inflation, because energy prices are going up, the cost of living squeeze. Lizzie, what do you make of this story? And also, of course, it comes on a day when you and I were presenting on Bloomberg Radio just earlier this morning. We were going through all the deluge of earnings that we had out and Shell and Centrica, all of the the oil majors and the big um, energy uh, providing companies here in the UK. They made big profits. So, you know, that's going to be watched by consumers. Well, it will be, and Rishi Sunak must be glad that he stole Labour's clothes on the windfall tax now. That's expected to raise £5 billion for the government. And we had Centrica, the British gas owner, saying today that it expects to pay £600 million in windfall tax. (coughs) Excuse me. Even as, though, it's resuming dividend payments for the first time since the start of the pandemic, which must feel painful to watch uh, if your energy bills are going up. But it can do that because the profits from selling oil and natural gas have gone up six 
times. Um, but it doesn't mean whoever goes into number 10 next isn't going to have all this pressure to do more to help people on mm. energy. Rishi Sunak's already said that he's going to cut VAT on energy bills, um, despite having opposed that idea when he was in cabinet, when he was chancellor. Uh, hence why Liz Truss's supporters are saying that he's done a screeching U-turn by jumping on her bandwagon of tax cuts immediately. But I do wonder whether now that we're in a leadership race, Rishi Sunak's regretting focusing so much on the squeezed middle at the time of the March budget, even if he did follow it up with more help for the poorest households afterwards, under pressure, I might add. Kitty, on the issue of uh, strikes, I noticed that uh, Labour haven't really committed to how much they think striking workers should get. I guess it's it's, it's a pretty impossible number to, to, to put a figure on, isn't it? But uh, uh, they've, they've not really gone anywhere near that, have they? No, they haven't. Um, partly because these are a, a negotiation, negoti- negotiated matter between unions and um, people like Network Rail, for instance, in the, in the case of the um, striking rail workers. Um, just as an interesting sidebar on, on Tarry, uh, Sam Terry, the guy who, who was fired yesterday, there's, there's a kind of there's a few subplots here. One is that he used to work for the one of the transport unions. The other is he's quite likely to be deselected as a Labour MP quite soon. And so there are sort of people in Westminster saying actually he's just doing this because he needs his, his old job back at, at, at a union, and you know he's trying to prove his union credentials rather than acting in the interests of the wider party. And let's not forget the juiciest subplot. I read today that he's potentially romantically involved with Angela Rayner, the deputy leader. According to newspaper (laughs) reports we had. So, yeah, I mean, we did not ask him anything about uh, that personal nature. But, no, I think it is interesting, the idea of, of, um, uh, yeah, his deselection, which, um, yeah, which we did also ask Santari about yesterday. And he he sort of skirted over the issue. We didn't really Mm. get to ask him in enough depth. And, again, this looks like it's sort of a classic, left-right fight in the Labour mm. Party and he says it's been really vicious in, in Ilford. Yeah, although I want to come back on this idea about um, not knowing how much of a pay rise is a decent enough pay rise because again, Sam Tarry did have the sort of same view as Labour, didn't want to say, wanted to talk about how a below inflation um, pay offer wasn't enough but actually wouldn't come up with what was enough and I mean, if you want to beat inflation that's mm. a 10% pay rise across the board but no one wants to kind of to, to sort of stick at that figure or come out with that figure. But they're the monthly figures. So yes, if you yes. average the inflation rise across the year, it's not going to be double digit. That's what it's going to be in the worst of the months. And if you yes. start setting this precedent of double digit pay rises in the public sector, it's going to be difficult to keep up with in the future, right? Hmm. The truth is, is that neither government, government of either, either colour would want to commit to nine and a half, ten percent pay rises because it would be, you know, it would be very difficult for the government's finances. Exactly. And there is a wa- risk of a wage price fire Arguably, it's already started. Labour, like the Tories, cannot afford to be seen to be soft on the unions. And so Truss is taking the opportunity to promise a tough line on the unions as well if she becomes Prime Minister. Again, doing her best Margaret Thatcher impression. Yes, indeed. And while we're on the subject of economics, um, a call, Lizzie, from uh, Danny Blanchflower, former, a rather outspoken, of course, former member of the uh, Bank of England's uh, rate setting committee. Yeah, he says that the UK is probably already in recession. He's 
probably read the works of Dave Goodman, my colleague on Bloomberg's economics team. He was writing ages ago that the UK is in recession in all but name. You've got consumer confidence low, the housing market slowing, inflation at a more than 40-year high, real wages getting swallowed up by that inflation. So this is what Danny Blanchflower is saying. But remember, he was a huge dove on the Monetary Policy Committee when he was there from 2006 to 2009. So he probably would have been worried about a recession anyway. Um, Kitty, then, a last thought on Labour. Um, How does Keir Starmer come out of all of this? You know, amidst the cost of living crisis, the Tories wrapped up in the leadership um, battle. Um, You know, Keir Starmer's trying to position himself for what, you know, potentially another general election. I don't think this particularly matters, this whole Tarry affair. I think in, in some ways it might do some a few favours in terms of which side he came down on. Um, we're, we're two years away from an election. It's, you know, it's basically getting up towards silly season. And so people like me are looking around for things to write. It, it, I, I don't think you need to worry about this. I think, you know, the juggernaut will move on and move on quite quickly. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Well, let's get an update now on the political betting markets. Smarkets head of political markets, Matthew Shaddock, who's been tracking the uh, where the punters are putting the money on, uh, joins us now. Thanks so much for joining us on the show again, Matthew. Now, just talk us through the current uh, headline odds in the uh, Tory leadership race. 
Hi, Ewan. Yes, well, it's been a very good few days for Liz Truss as far as punters are concerned. Um, when we when we knew this was down to a two-horse race between Truss and Sunak about a week or so ago when Morden was voted out, the odds had Truss's favourite by about 60 to 40 over Sunak. That is now more like 85 to 15 in Truss's favour. In other words, Rishi Sunak's given about one in six chance of winning this race right now. Okay. How influential are the TV debates, do you think, in changing the betting odds? Yeah, we often see some quite big moves during those debates. In fact, the first one, if you remember back to one where there were five candidates left in, Channel 4 had a TV debate, and Truss was widely thought to have done very badly in that. Her odds sort of nosedived during that debate. Um, but since then, the BBC debate on Monday, uh, her price just keeps going up. I think she's performed uh, above expectation in the last couple of events. And, you know, time's running out for Sunak now. There aren't going to be very many more of these big public uh, national TV occasions. How have things uh, moved over the course of the last couple of weeks? It sounds to me like it's been a fairly, not quite one-way traffic, but it has gradually moved in 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 Truss's favour. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a very volatile market during the MPs' ballots Mm. as we got various results and... We had Ben Wallace's favourite at one stage. He didn't take part in the end. Penny Morden was favourite for quite a while. Sunak himself was favourite for a bit. But now, yeah, you're right. It's been pretty much one-way traffic for the last week. Trust's odds keep going up and Sunak. Well, I wouldn't say it's all over for him. We've seen leadership elections in the past where the favourites have lost. I remember back in 2005, David Davis was a fairly strong favourite to beat David Cameron in that runoff and Cameron Mm. ended up winning. Uh, But it's quite hard to see how... Sunak's going to turn this around, as your previous chat mentioned. He's he's kind of on the defensive in 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 some ways over issues like China. Yeah, how much money's in the market? Um, you know, how much are people sort of investing, backing their hunch? Well, as markets, there's been a couple of million traded on this. So over the the entire UK betting industry, we can say tens of millions of pounds will have been bet on the identity of the next prime minister. So, in political betting terms, that's a pretty big market. It will be fair to say that uh, the market is not always right, is it? And in fact, it's quite often wrong, isn't it? I mean, Brexit was a, was a famous case. And you also, you mentioned the case of the, the, the Tory leadership race as well. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it's it's normal that, you know, wouldn't expect the favourite to win all the time. These aren't, this isn't the crystal ball, which will tell you the result. It's just the, the best estimate of the probabilities at the moment. So you're right, Brexit's uh, and Trump famously won in 2016 when Hillary Clinton was favourite. But most of the time you look back at these leadership elections, the person who's favourite by this stage will win. I mean, Cameron was a good example uh, in the other direction. The other one, I I suppose the other famous example was Jeremy Corbyn came from sort of 100 to 1 to win the Mm -hmm. Labour leadership election back in 2015. How do you think that the odds sort of play into the result of any election? I mean, the general election's not, you know, not for another two years, we think, um, you know, unless there are any major changes. Um, how do you think that this factors into any election or gives us a kind of read on how people are thinking about uh, about their vote later on? Yeah, it's interesting, Caroline, because you'll see a lot of commentators saying that Liz Truss is a good result for Labour. You know, a lot of people think she'll be um, an easier opponent for Keir Starmer in a general election. And the odds have moved a little bit in the last few weeks. We've seen it getting very close in the betting as to which party will get the most seats. The Tories are still slight favourites. But the odds haven't moved as much as you might think, given that, um, as I say, people think Trust might be a, a beatable candidate. I mean, I think in some ways, either Trust or Sunak 
would probably be better for the Tories than a very damaged Boris Johnson. And in fact, some national opinion polling over the last few days does seem to suggest that the Tories might be recovering just a little bit. And it wouldn't be surprised, a surprise to see Trust if, if Trust indeed wins, to see it get a bit of a honeymoon period. Perhaps the Tories will do a bit better in the polls for a while. But how long that's going to last when people's bills are going through the roof, I am somewhat doubtful. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.